0: Uh, We're super uh, grateful to have Robbie and Kyle with us who have so much knowledge and so much experience in sharing God's story and connecting with people. It's really something they both do so very well. And what we wanted to do was just borrow their hearts and their minds and just kind of talk through some of these concepts about sharing our faith and zach and i talked in the first two podcasts around this about what is the gospel story mm-hmm. and you know taking time to slow down to learn other people's story and where they are and uh we kind of talked a little bit around all of this last um and the last week's episode, but just about like loving people and context and kind of just sitting in a minute. Hey, what are some reasons I don't share? Why are some, what are some reasons that I'm having a hard time sharing my faith? Maybe it's not so much about changing my whole lifestyle, So that I can make new friends. Mm -hmm. Maybe I just need to actually invite the Lord into my day to day um, experience. And I love that Zach had said this in the first week. He talked about like living a life that is actually about the gospel. And when your life is actually about the reality that Jesus rescued you, um, you're like when you're obsessed with something that people know
1: about it. True.
0: You know, and it changes. I mean, like Robbie is obsessed with dinosaurs, that has
1: become my thing. And to diversify <laughs> um, like my reputation. What's but, your
0: next thing to diversify with? If you're um, not going to use dinosaurs, I'm
1: going. Well, I haven't got there yet. Oh, obviously. so there's we
0: don't have any options. So if you want to, in the comments right now, put some different ideas mm-hmm. of Farabi to diversify his interests because he doesn't want to be known as the dinosaur guy anymore. Yeah, you're sad about that.
1: No, I mean I just I'm, I'm a I am a multifaceted person, you know.
0: Check our context.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, we just kind of uh, unpack just a little bit more of, hey, sharing God's story and um, how do we walk and live a life that's mm. actually about the gospel, where people would be like, hey, I saw Jesus, sure, really think you'd love it, you know? Yep. Um, yeah. Get it? Uh, so I think one of the things, though, that um, we haven't really talked a lot about yet that would be great to unpack is fear. Mm-hmm. Um for a lot of people, like when believers consider sharing their faith, there's so much fear, and it feels like the world is more anti-Christian than maybe it was before. Whether I think that's, that's a reality, so real. Um, and in some areas, you've maybe it's that's how you've always lived your life. Like people have always been anti-Christian. You're like, well, what's the big deal now? Um, yeah, I can I Yeah.
2: They, when you say anti Christian, it it may be anti to a uh, belief they have about Christians. That's exactly right. Uh, That belief may not be correct. And so, if we can, through friendship, show them a different type of Christian, uh, that's important.
0: Mm -hmm. That's so good.
1: Very few people, none that I've ever met, are anti Jesus. Yes. You know,
0: yeah.
1: It's anti whatever I think of Christianity. Yeah. Right,
2: right. The church is treating me this way or treating mm-hmm. people this way.
1: And,
0: well, and I saw yeah. this video on TikTok and because, um, you know, that's where all your good information comes from. Mm, and right. this guy was just interviewing people randomly, and he said, hey, and they were like, a lot of them were believers, and he said, when's the last time someone told you the gospel, shared the gospel with you? And they were like, um, really never had yeah. anyone actually shared the entirety of the gospel. And then they were like, well, what do you think the gospel is? Is they're so like, well, I sort of have this general idea, but there is like, there's this, um, and I think that's one of the points that Matt makes in the book is like, people are open to hearing the gospel. Um, but is it,
2: it, it really is good news,
0: it's great news. <laughs> um, but we're just, uh, you know, have we, why, what are some of the reasons we're not even opening our mouths to say something? And I think that there's this deep level of conviction, and we even talk about it because there's people in our lives that we know are far from Jesus. And we have maybe tried to share the gospel and we did it poorly. Mm -hmm. So now we just totally avoid it entirely because it was such a a mess when we, you know, come upon it the first time. Or we've been friends with these people for so long and then we've not said anything. So now we're on this other spectrum where it's like, well, now I haven't said anything. It's going to be weird if I try and bring Jesus into it. So there's all kinds, and then all the stuff in between. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that for and for you or for friends that you have or people you've walked with, hey, what are some of the fears that people have that keep them from sharing the gospel?
1: I think people don't want to be inauthentic, right? They don't want to be something that they're not themselves about. Like uh, my two sons work at a grocery store. Uh, it's like a wholesale place for restaurants and stuff like that and I'll plug it GFS they work there you know it's a cool place is that okay to do just plug stuff plugging a we're bunch doing of that. stuff like, I know Gordon food so Food uh, they uh they found in their uh, in their aisles somebody had put like little gospel tracts but they put them in front of like where the shopping tag should be and the item said free so it said free <laughs> and then people like are like taking stuff up oh, and but then they're like no we we have nothing for free no, why would we, we market it for free and then people go back and look and it's like free the gospel is free this item isn't free but you can and so i think that there's i, I was like that is such a bad evangelistic strategy. Was like that one, your, that, was that one of your small clickbait. groups, Pastor Robbie?
2: <laughs> what? Was that one of your small groups? If that was you. It was know. a
0: valiant effort. So if you're listening, and it was you. <laughs> no, we're grateful that you don't, made a step. I
1: don't step. even think it's a That's actually clickbaiting someone. Yes, yes. Like John Mark Comer tells this story about when he was a kid, he picked up a $100 bill off the ground and was so happy. He was like, thank you, Jesus. Like, you answered my prayer. And he like went to a store to try to use it and they were like, this is like not even. It was a $100 bill that was like, this is worth more than you're, you know, to hear this. So clickbait is a terrible strategy. Number one, I'll say it. I'm not saying that tracks don't have a place.
0: They want people to know Jesus. I feel I'm, I'm going to always stick up for the little guy. So
1: So, Robbie, why do you think
2: uh, the average follower of Christ has fear about sharing their faith? Well,
1: that part, like they've seen things like Mm -hmm. that and think sharing my faith means I have to be something I'm not. I have to start going to the gym. I have to start putting fake $100 bills on the ground and free tags and things, or I have to hold up a sign on the street and do stuff like that. Like I think that people have the wrong idea about what it means because of the predominant ways that they've seen it done. And I think that part of it is they put unnecessary pressure on themselves. Like, I am the one that's going to have to do this, Mm. right? Like If you enter into any conversation with like a agenda of moving this person into a particular thing right and that's your only agenda in that conversation no matter what it is whether it's the gospel like if that's your only goal in that conversation rarely is that person going to feel like loved and honored and stuff like that absolutely so we've created a lot of bad uh things that people just have to take away like hey like love this person first find out who they are you know find out how the moments and places and spaces and their paths in life have converged around the gospel, mm-hmm. right? Like I think that the story of Jesus, the story that's told in the Bible is timeless. It connects to uh, each person in a unique way. So I think that I think that would help with eliminating that fear is that you don't have to do any of these things. You don't have to be someone you're not. If you're mm-hmm. a super introvert, you don't have to become the extrovert, right? So good,
0: that's right. Well, God made you the that's way good. that you are on purpose, and there are people that he has designed for you. Like he has good works that were set out for you. And they, those good works are not my good works. So there are people that I'm going to connect with, have divine flow with that, that you that you would not, you know. Um, there are some dinosaur people out there that Robbie is going to have conversations. Well, not anymore because you're diversifying your interests.
1: How else do anybody that is into talking about that? There's like 20 of us in the world, so (laughs) we'll talk about that. You're going
0: to win them all to Jesus. I think for me, one of the things that's hard is I don't want to be perceived as something I'm not by other believers. What do you mean by that? So if I am friends with people who don't know Jesus, there Mm. used to be this fear that was, okay, well, if I'm in the wrong place, then people are going to say that I'm doing this or I'm engaging this. You're
1: worldly.
0: Uh huh. You're so, you know. Before
1: you were a pastor's wife, too?
0: Oh, no, while I was a pastor's wife. So even like, I mean, well, I've been a pastor's wife for 12 years. So.
2: Yeah, but did um, you have that feeling before you were a pastor's wife? Um, In the church, I, some. churches I grew up in, Robbie, it didn't matter if you were a pastor, pastor's wife, or not, that would have been the case. Yeah. Just judgmental.
0: Well, yeah. There's, I, I, I. Did they I would, not
1: read the Bible? Like literally, Jesus was accused of hanging out with tax
2: collectors. Yeah, instead. they would have a problem with Jesus in their church too. But there
0: is, but and
1: I
2: would. <laughs> there's our problem. not that, religion, bro. That never really,
0: and that like that thought, and I've shared that before on the podcast. Like that thought of Jesus being accused of you know, being the friend of sinners, I never saw that as a slur. When I read the word, I was like, gosh, I just love that. Like Jesus is my friend and he loves me and he's yeah. not afraid to be seen with me. And then, but when I was faced with, hey, I'm developing these relationships with people who are so far outside of um, where, where the presence of the Lord is. When I started developing these relationships um, a couple of years ago, I was like, oh my gosh, hey, people are gonna say this about me people are gonna make assumptions about my behavior. They're gonna make assumptions about what I believe. And I mean, about the word, about who God is, and sin. And it was, and it was the, the Holy Spirit said, now you know why it was a slur Mm -hmm. when they said to me that I'd be the friend of sinners. Cause what they were saying was I was unholy. And that, and he was never unholy, he was totally perfect. Uh And even though he sat and had a relationship with these, with people who were not. And I think for me, that was a fear that when I wrestled with that was like, hey, okay, so what am I really afraid of is I'm, I honor and respect more what man has to say about me than I fear the Lord, yeah. than I, or, and more than I love people, I love what they have to offer me, which is approval. Mm. So then it is like, hey, like
1: I am guilty of that.
0: Oh, well, the idol of approval.
2: Be yeah.
0: yeah, I don't. And gosh, if you have any kind of like, childhood wound about rejection it's the which i was yep. i mean just out an outsider anyway so, good. so i am more prone to being afraid of rejection and it's why i don't want it's part of why i don't go to the gym and do stuff because i wasn't naturally gifted at that and I experience so much rejection that I don't engage in those things because I don't want to experience those feelings again. And so one of the reasons, like sometimes I would not say things, about, I won't tell people what I do, like, cause I teach lessons on the side. So I will not talk about, um, faith promise or whatever, not because I don't love what I do, but I'm like, Hey, I know that that could cause a barrier or lead to rejection. And so I'm going to lead with, um, what I do myself personally, professionally, yeah. which, you know, I teach voice lessons and.
2: You know, I love uh, what Matt said in this book. Um, he wanted oh. to put the chapter on fear uh, before the chapter on love, mm-hmm. and um, but realized he needed to put the chapter on love first, and because um, a deep love that flows through us can help us overcome fears, mm-hmm. and um, and that's you know the the fallacy of um, of discipleship. Sometimes it's that if the discipleship you're in doesn't draw you into a deeper love with God, then it's not truly discipleship. And and also, if the discipleship process you're in, as you draw closer to God, you're going to love what He loves, and He loves people. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, even as an extrovert, mm-hmm. there's never a moment where I don't have a tingling of fear. Mm-hmm. Um but over time, that love has super superseded that fear.
0: Well, and there's lots of things you do because you love someone, even though you're afraid. Yes. you know. And so I think about like my kids. River really likes snakes right mm. now. He's like super into snakes. Mm. It's a challenge for me because I hate them.
1: I think that's natural to hate snakes.
0: Wow, well he is um, he's really into it right now wants to touch them, wants to go to people's houses that have them and is looking for them. And so we found outside right next to the house um, next to where this, the grate goes to the basement. Super awesome. this very long snake skin. humongous like I mean three feet long snake skin mostly intact awful, terrifying, and he is, like, so excited. He wants to know what kind of sneak it was, and he wants to know, he wants to measure it, he wants to see how long it is, how old do you think it is, mom? Like, asking all of these questions, think it was a boy or a girl, can we tell? And he's so interested That's and right. what i want to say is burn the house down let's start over we're moving. there was this we're moving there was a house there was a snake here but because i love river and i don't want to crush his spirit i'm like yeah let's let's look at this snake skin you know and wash our hands three times after
2: get your dog or a cat you'll be good
0: yeah uh, i've <laughs> done lobbying for a dog for a while yeah. um But we do all kinds of things because we love someone. That's right. And um, I would say it goes back to kind of like last week, hey, what do you think about when you think about humanity? Mm -hmm. Like your your actual thought about, hey, have I ever read the Word and then looked at like what does God say about humanity and allowed my mind to be submitted to that?
2: You know, that's so good. I think when, um, you know, in, in the U.S. right now, uh, anger is just under the surface and it's bubbling over yeah. all time uh, in traffic on and highways and uh, everywhere. And, and we all have it in some way. But it's always a symptom of something that's not right in us or something that's happened to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to look at people with um, compassion and to know, well, I actually have the answer that could help their issue. Um, and to allow that answer to help my issue. Mm-hmm. Um, that creates compassion, I think, for people.
0: Yeah. What were you going to say?
1: Um. No, like on your point, so uh, I'm interested in, uh, it, there's a kind of a new movement of people that do what's called street epistemology. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of like a niche group of people, but they are uh, largely um like atheist people and so epistemology is like how you know you know something right and so they call it street epistemology because typically they'll do something like the kind of like what people that do street evangelism will do except they'll videotape these interactions and the guys that do it are super nice like they're very authentic and their goal is to not they wouldn't even say their goal is to make you not believe in what you believe their goal is to understand what your beliefs are grounded in mm. right And, but I was watching a video this morning of one of these guys, I would mention his name if I could remember it, but he has a video where he was talking about, uh, he went to this thing that was called the God question. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so it was set up on a street. It was like pretty nice looking. It looks like this church did this as an outreach thing. And they had a couple of young people there and they asked him a series of 10 questions like, what do you believe about God? What do you believe about humans and stuff like that? So it was almost a version of like street epistemology for Christianity and during his interaction with them he had like pretty thoughtful responses to all the questions except when they asked him like is there something special about you that's different from being a plant or an animal and he didn't want to answer that right away but then he was like no like there is something like where like i do think that it means something that we're like better than a tree But even though we're like made of the same stuff, like I think we're also, but it it like it was funny because like this guy never misses a beat ever, like in any of his stuff. Mm -hmm. But that simple question really tripped him up. And I think that that is actually one of the most important points of tension that we have when we talk to people about the gospel is like that it's not just um, that Jesus died for your sins and you go to heaven, Mm -hmm. right? If that's the only thing that we ever tell people about the gospel, then i don't know that we're giving them the fullest picture of it right like part of it is that you like are like you are unique like you're created by god you're made in the image of god whatever like all of that stuff around what a person is like mm-hmm. that means a lot to people and it's true right so like we're inviting them into something that 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 matters deeply to them and that can connect with people right mm-hmm. so
2: it's good
0: well, and I don't have to, I mean, the rea- even if they disagreed with why you said they were unique and loved, yes. there's no, the, the things that we're afraid of people saying or thinking about us, those are eliminated when you recognize the, the truth that, hey, you are valuable and unique, and they believe they're valuable and unique, and why you hold that belief might be different, and they may not agree with it, but they're not going to reject you for believing <laughs> They're valuable and unique, totally, and, and and precious. So,
1: yeah. And then I was I was reading um, from Augustine's Confessions, which is a great book about like it was written fifteen hundred years ago, but it's still as relevant as it could be today. But in there, part of what his whole theme is, and I actually like cut it out and taped it on my little notebook journal thing that I have. Um, he says that one of the parts of the gospel that he likes the best is that. The God of the universe knows everything about you as a person, and he still loves you and welcomes you home with scarred hands. Yeah. Right? Like, that's a great – that is – when we say, like, the gospel is good, that's very good news to me, you know?
0: Well, and I loved how when this was set up, you know, the ruler, and um, when we talked about in in the first podcast about basically just the four parts of the gospel, that you were designed to be totally satisfied by God. Mm -hmm. Yes. And even as a believer – I walk around like acknowledging that like I am not always totally satisfied by God because I still have sin in my life and I'm being made and I'm more and more satisfied by God. The longer I know him and the more that I love him, I am more satisfied by the Lord. But there is this thing where it's like, hey, I'm not perfect either and I haven't quite um, gotten it all the way down, but here's what I do know is that there's something that's shifted in me yeah. that I was designed like we there is this desire for satisfaction and we're we're like looking for it, but it's like a shadow of satisfaction. So we have it, but it's momentary. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's enough. So there's always this level. You got to get better. You got to get more. And I think for for me to have the 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 truth of it, like you were real, you really were designed. To be with to be with God and for Him to satisfy your soul, and um, do I believe that? And then if I literally lived my life as if that was the reality, what would that what would that be? Diff- what would be different?
2: Yeah, I think if if we really believe that, that re- takes away some fear mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because now we um, this is more than something we're told on Sundays, read about, hear about, but we're experiencing that. Uh, Jesus Christ can actually satisfy the deepest longings of my heart, well, then that's something we want to share uh, with people um, because that's what everyone's looking for.
0: Yeah. Do you have a thought?
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe uh, what we're afraid of uh, asking pete why we're afraid of asking, are we still talking about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, why people are afraid is like we're asking someone, and we are in a sense, asking you, hey, like, now change your entire life, okay?
0: Well, yes. Well, and actually, one of the things that I had... Um, I was reading this. I'm reading this book um, by Preston Sprinkle. It's absolutely wonderful. And he talks about, like, basically this concept, when somebody chooses Jesus, for many people, like, to de- like, people are like, well, deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow no. him. And for some people, it's not that, like, it would not be that radical of a shift. Like, there's a lot of people in my life that no. are Christ followers. I don't have to. But there are people who would lose their entire community.
1: Most of the world, besides
0: you know. Yeah, the southeast so <laughs> of, of the United States. I mean, legitimately, Where I grew up. That was true. Yes, and so you will lose all of your friends. Your family's going to think you're crazy. You're going to lose the credibility you've worked for years for respect, dignity, like these things. All I mean, a lot of it, if not all of it, is taken away from you. And um, that's just something that mm-hmm. I think we don't carry like the the, the weight of that. Mm-hmm. The weight of what. When you say, hey, the road is narrow because you've been walking with Jesus for a while and you have a community, it doesn't feel narrow anymore. It's the only way because Jesus was the only way and you walk mm-hmm. in that. But it is is—it is a very narrow road to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And having like, when you look at them Sorry. and have compassion for them, like this is what's so important about the church being who, what, you know, when Paul talks about the design of the church to be family, to be deep community Mm -hmm. because people are denying themselves and everything that they had built, including their people groups, friends, family, whatever, and pursuing the cross is, um, we have some missionaries who are friends, um, of ours and they were talking about how in the place that they live, there are men who will give their life to Jesus, but it's illegal to be a, um, a Christian where they live. And so they have these men who will never tell their wives that they gave their life to Jesus because their wives would turn them into the government and they would go to jail. Mm-hmm. And um, and so like they are like, for real, it's not just here in America. you're like, well, I'll lose I'll lose friends. people will think I'm weird and say mean things about me. They're like, you legit, you're gonna you're gonna die. Mm-hmm. Um, that's quite a different. It's a big ask,
1: yeah. You know, with Kyle and I both working in missions, that's something that we're both very sensitive to, that there are a lot of places that we work with or we send workers or we have planted churches where people can actually be martyred for their beliefs, right? But I've also come to a point in my life where I recognize that some of those things—I used to really— if you go somewhere else and you see the costs that it takes to become a Christ follower, and then you come back and someone's like, well, I don't want my friends to like bash me on Instagram. Like it's very hard at first to be sympathetic to that, but I've kind of come around to, because Peter and, you know, first Peter talks about like sometimes like you'll be slandered or people like talk Mm -hmm. bad about you and stuff like that. So I recognize that that, that's where they are. Yeah. So I, I, I don't look like look down on people that, um, you know, recognize, like, think of that as persecution, like, you know, but it's a reality.
2: Well, and the reality we have to remember, too, is we're just responsible to share the the good news. Uh, It's the Holy Spirit who will convict them of their need of a Savior. And so if they, we're not talking them into Christ. Um, You know, I remember, uh, you know, Josh McDowell, even though he knew it was true, It still wasn't enough. The Holy Spirit had to convict him that Mm -hmm. he needed to be—he needed a Savior—and so um, that's his work. We're just going to share some good news, and um, and then let him do his work.
0: Well, and we forget again that there is a solution to those. Like there are people who will be martyred, and there are those experiences that are going to happen. And we have a unique opportunity in the U.S. where that is not necessarily the case. And the church, you have the opportunity to create a space where you live, you create space for people. You mm-hmm. make room for people because you love them. Right. And so when you have people who have left everything to follow Jesus, you get to have a seat at your table and say, hey, I know that they may not Celebrate Christmas. And so you're welcome to come to my house on Christmas morning. You're welcome to come to my house, you know, on Friday nights and celebrate what God's done in your life. And we can Mm -hmm. talk about these things. And I, and literally, God designed us to be siblings. There's that's the analogies used, not just friendship, but brothers and sisters. And so if you've ever seen, like, there are people who have really healthy family dynamics, some are not so healthy, but if you've ever seen, like, people who like love their siblings, And they have so much fun. So Zach and his brother, they love each other. They love being together. They have so much fun together. And um, I think about like, gosh, like that's what the Lord has designed for us, the community that we were Mm -hmm. designed to have. And so there is a solution like to the, hey, well, we're asking them to abandon everything. Yes. And the God of the universe is going to satisfy their soul, provide for every single need in the moment that they need it for his glory and his benefit. And you get to be potentially a part of that. And what a special, what a special, um, assignment to have that God would pick you to love people like that. You know, I, I think we just forget, like it's a privilege that cause that's weird in the world. Like that you would be somebody that you would let people come into your house and to be a part of your life.
2: You know, I think the ultimate fear that people have sharing their faith is that, someone's going to ask them a question they don't know the answer to. And, um, you think so? I do.
0: Mm. Oh, I, I'm always no nervous. Question. Someone's going to ask me that. And I'd be like, and, uh,
2: so that's why I love the, Let's the, the alpha group process. <laughs> and uh, Robbie, you've led an alpha group mm-hmm. and, uh, you want to explain that process just real quickly? Cause I think, I, mean, it, I think just it's
1: never answer their question. You know, you're just like, Oh, that's a really good question. Why do you think that way? You know, yeah. it's, uh, really the same stuff that like, you know, earlier when I was talking about street epistemology, just to be clear, like those people are atheists, right, that are trying to have conversations with Christians most of the time. But in the same sense, that's what like the alpha group is designed for is you just kind of throw this stuff out there. And if someone's like, yeah, but like, how exactly is it that God answers prayers of healing? Like, why does he pick this and this? Like, I don't know. Why Why? Why do you think God would just choose some people? You just ask him. And it goes back to, you know, one of the quotes that they have in their training is that uh, Jesus was asked a question 307 times, and only three times he responded with an answer. The rest of the time it was with parables or questions. Mm-hmm. So like, imagine asking like God who came in human flesh, like, hey, like, what's the reason for this? And he's like, I don't know, let me tell you this story about a rock, you know? Like, <laughs> I think that's awesome that Jesus so, yeah, did that. The, the
2: reliance in the Alpha process is they're relying on the Holy Spirit to do his work. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Not That's us so to good. do it for him. Mm-hmm. I love well, that. Well,
0: honestly, if you choose to do it that way, all you gather is substantial amounts of context. Yeah. All you, all you learn yes. is wh- how people think, where they are in their story, and um, why it matters to them yeah. that they even have an answer to that.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think the one thing that people uh, can't deny, whether they believe the Bible or not, and more people, um, you know, would say I don't believe the Bible than ever probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing they can't deny is your story. When you share what, um, Christ has done in your life or even a healing he did in your life. Um, so I think it's always powerful to share our story and uh, why, um, what he's done in our lives. And cause they can't deny that. That's mm-hmm. a reality. They may not believe it, uh, or it may not affect them, but they can't deny it from a, an argumentative point. And so, um, I, I think it's why we all need to be able to share our story.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and and um, that we're we're willing to open our mouth, you know, be obedient to what the Holy Spirit leads. Yeah. And I think that that is one of the things that makes when we talk about evangelism trainings and stuff, we go in and it becomes a religious practice.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: that's not mm-hmm. that wasn't that wasn't you know Jesus' aim. He wasn't asking for you to build a new law, actually. Paul talks about how like, Hey, don't go build a new law. It's been fulfilled. Um, and our, our heart's desire is to honor the Lord and to be with him. And then he's the commander in chief. He's the boss. And he did say, go. And so we don't, this is not, I think this is what's hardest like, well, I'm not, I don't have an evangelistic gift or all of these things. And as with all of the tenderness that I can offer it, The your giftings, God gave you those on purpose, and still the command of go and tell Mm -hmm. applies to you. As much as we would, like sometimes there's a lot of things that apply to me. I wish didn't, like I didn't have to do, and I didn't have to go to. But this is not a weight or a burden, but this is a joy. And so asking the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. and I really think this is one of the, when I read this book, and there's one thing I didn't, I hadn't really seen clearly, and so I just wanted to make sure that we, just talk for a second like that that God loves you so much and he loves to be in relationship with you and he's not going to leave you or abandon you and he's not a dictator. Um, he's not angry. He is kind and loving. He's all just and all loving and he has given you a commandment that said go. And so why would you not, if God who loves you has Placed all these things aside for you to do for His good, for His glory. Whom you love the most, right? Theoretically, why would we deny being a part of the God of the universe's um, story hmm. to redeem mankind to Himself? And then that would be my my question is, well, then God, I view I have a wrong view of evangelism. Hmm. Yeah, my view of evangelism has been so skewed by. The sticky notes over the price tag Mm. and, um, you know, the aggressive person who walked in and made me feel like I wasn't good enough, you know, the fire and brimstone, you know, experience has skewed my view of what evangelism is.
1: Could I share one final thought on that too? So there's a book uh, came out last year. It's really good. It's called How to Talk About Jesus Without Being That Guy, which is pretty (laughs) funny. It's by Sam Chan. And uh, in the book, like his overall thesis is like, hey, instead of thinking as you, of yourself as like an evangelist called to the people in your sphere or circle, think of yourself as like a pastor slash counselor slash chaplain to those people in your circle. So right? good. And so instead of just thinking like, hey, you start with like, oh man, I gotta like find my way in to talk mm-hmm. to them about this by being their pastor slash chaplain slash counselor. You're there when they have, you know, needs. You're there to like be there for them, and you're there eventually to to lead them to a relationship with Jesus. But uh, I found it to be a pretty helpful way for a lot of people as they're thinking about that. So it's good.
0: That's so good. Well, and it's not a people aren't projects for you to go and fix. And you're not out there to go check off your boxes, but our heart's desire is to honor the Lord and allow Him to, by being in the Word and being in His presence, our hearts and minds to be renewed and set into His perspective. What does He think? And then that our minds would be made into. Um, his likeness, and I just, I just forget sometimes that I'm around the world. I'm in the world all day long, and so there are some thoughts and some things that I believe or perspectives I have mm-hmm. that are not of God. It may not necessarily be evil or bad or whatever, but they certainly weren't given to me by the Lord in a in a revelatory moment. Yep. And so I don't want to, I don't want us to leave the conversation and say, well, I just feel this way about evangelism. And my just suggestion, like, hey, this is your action step is you need to get with the Lord and you need to ask him to give you the perspective of sharing his story and like start with what the gospel is for you, owning it for yourself, and then asking the Lord to open your eyes to the people around you and how you can care for them and love them well. Yeah. That's great. Any other thoughts before we... Seal it
2: up. Um, I just want to say to everyone, hey, you can do this. Um, we'll all make mistakes, so get that out of the system. And uh, But we can love people, we really can. And part of that loving people is uh, listening to them, understanding them, hearing them, praying for them a lot. And then when the Holy Spirit gives you opportunity, don't rush it and don't stay behind, um, you know, speak the gospel, speak your story. Mm-hmm. It's powerful.
0: Yeah. So good. Well, we're so grateful you took time to connect with us today and we hope that you were encouraged and challenged. And, um, but before we go, we just want to pray for you. Um, Robbie, would you just pray mm-hmm. for, uh, the people who are listening right now that God would give them eyes to see, but more than anything mm-hmm. that our hearts and our minds would be in alignment with the fathers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Father God, I just pray 2 Timothy 1.7 over all the people that are watching or listening to this podcast, that they will not have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound judgment. And I pray that uh, something today like either sparked people's interest or was a thought that they'll be able to take on and implement into their lives. Specifically, God, I just pray that all of us uh, as a church, as a wider community of Christians, um, that we view the people in our circle and sphere um, as a group of people that God has called us to pastor, uh, which just means to shepherd and to help lead and to encourage and to feed, and that he's called us to be a chaplain and a counselor to those people so that we can provide comfort Mm. and care and the love of the Father in those relationships. Mm. So, Jesus, I pray that uh, a lot of people are able to go out and win their world. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. amen.
2: Amen.